All right, it's time to go to Atlanta, Georgia, to News Radio 106.7 FM, and my favorite American <laughs> after uh, John F. Kennedy and uh, Uncle Tom Cobley and all. Michael Graham joins me now with the news that Donald Trump is soaring ahead following his remark about Muslims. Well, first of all, my favorite 20 minutes of the week is the time we spend together, George. Uh, if they can pry the taxpayer-funded booze out of your hands long enough for us to talk, and I appreciate that. But if you want to know why Donald... Well, no, just as much Wait, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get that right. in a second. You said Donald Trump is soaring in the polls and in the Republican primary. You're absolutely right. And if you want to know why, just reconsider the conversation, the fascinating conversation you just had with the representative from Medicine San Frontiers, who said, a million refugees? We can take a million more. Take them all in. Come on, bring them all in. How many people in Europe, looking at the circumstances in Europe today, after 20 years of essentially open borders to North Africa and the heart of jihad country, are saying to themselves, boy, I'd like to get another million. This is a great idea. Idea. The opinion of the elites, the opinion of Angela Merkel, who what in a humiliation that Time magazine would choose her as woman of the year. She represents the self-destructive stupidity of political correctness Uber Alice when she said, sure, million more refugees, no limits. Everybody come. Free stuff for everyone. What's the problem? That's why Donald Trump is surging in America and why a European Donald Trump would surge if he arrived on your shores tomorrow i i agree i absolutely agree and but presumably he's only soaring amongst republicans he's not soaring amongst americans look the republican primary process is going to work itself out it's very unlikely that donald trump is going to be the nominee he just doesn't have the uh, pieces to put it together uh but that's not to me Why that you say that you were wrong the last time about who the nominee the was going to be? No, I, I didn't. I didn't want Mitt Romney, but I admitted that we were almost certainly going to get stuck with him, and I said he would lose to uh, Barack Obama, uh, and of course he went on and lost to Barack Obama. But um, I mean, if we, we I mean, look, we can talk. You know me. We can talk Republican primary politics all you want, but I'm much more interested in Irish and European politics. How many of your listeners look really are saying, yeah, this last 20 years of not considering the culture that people come from, why it has no impact on us whatsoever, a million more. Remember, your elites in uh, Brussels really mean it when they say a million more can come to Europe. They mean it when they say you can afford to pay them to come. They mean this. Do you not realize that you have been governed by complete and utter morons who have screwed up everything they've touched from your economy to now your borders themselves? Have you not figured that out yet? Yes, we have figured it out. Okay, We're so I'll make sure. Happy about it. By but the way, those same, morons, those same morons, those same morons are in Paris. Is, Michael, okay. uh, Michael, the problem is that, by and large, in America or Ireland or anywhere else, the ordinary people don't have a voice. You know, whether it's the hundred uh, senators in in the American Senate mm -hmm. or or the politicians in this country or whatever, the elites. And you're absolutely right to use the phrase elites. They're the ones who are talking. They're the ones who are on the radio stations. But the point is, there's a vast number of ordinary people who are concerned. And, and there, if, there is no way that if you take the people of Europe, I think Ireland, the Hungarians, the Slovenians, the Germans, I think we're all in the same boat when somebody says, I'll take another million, it's okay. 
<laughs> by the way, I loved, I loved how she, I love how your guest said, you know, 85% of the refugees are coming from refugee producing countries. Wow. What a stocking number. You mean like 100% of the coal is coming from coal mines? Why is that interesting? What's, what she didn't want to say is that less than half, fewer than half of the refugees are coming from Syria. They're coming from other countries where they're just leaving economic trouble and travail and they're coming straight to you and saying, we'll take more of your stuff, please. Right now in Paris, the European elites are gathered and promising to give a hundred billion dollars of my money and yours to China and India, etc., to bribe the Chinese and Indians to continue to live off the electric grid in desperate poverty. Are you prepared to chip in your hundred billion dollars to keep people poor for the sake of whether the temperature might change one and a half degrees or two degrees in the next 500 years? Are you ready to do that? Because that's what your elites are doing right now and it's coming out of your pocket. All right. Now, this guy used, in the good old days of the right hook, used to have the odd battle with this guy when I was on my holidays. This is what he said this morning. Pricing is one of the critical indicators. Pricing has been internationally shown to drive people away from drink. And I have no sympathy. I hear people (laughs) on the wireless saying, oh, what about the poor people on social welfare and they'd be deprived of a few drinks? I don't spend my tax dollars to buy drinks for people on social welfare. I don't think taxes for people to be drinking all the time. And I see them all around my area <laughs> buying slabs of drinks for, no, for virtually nothing. But it's nothing. called escapism. Well, from the pain I of don't their life. have to fund their escapism. What do you think, Meg? Well, first of all, George Hook, as a man who's never bought a drink for himself in his entire life, this has no impact on you. You will continue to live off the tree, free drink font no matter what. Um, look, here's the deal. Uh, Simon Graham, my dad, who you've met, used to tell me all the time, as long as you put you, your two feet under my dinner table, you'll do it my way. And if the taxpayers of Ireland want to tell people on the dole, you can't use the dole money we give you to buy booze or in America, it's a, the, another issue is lottery tickets, uh, cigarettes, uh, all sorts of things. That's It's your money. You can tell them what to do. But my question is, why are you picking on the uh, unemployment people on the dole? What about the ge- senior citizens? What about the old folks on the old folks dole? Why are you letting uh, Granny go down and get her bottle of cooking sherry for a Friday night party? Well, all the while, I buy my mm. Dom Perignon champagne. <laughs> Uh, with my social welfare money because I get the old age pension. But exactly. No, but I paid for it. What like, do you mean you paid for it? You're not paying for anything. The taxpayers who are working today are paying for it. Your money's long gone, pal. Your country went broke, remember? Oh, your your money's gone. The Germans' money's gone. The free- it's all gone. This is all current workers paying for you to sip your no, no. sip your Chardonnay in your hoity-toity no, club on their no, on their Perry. bill. Three hundred quid a bottle. Um, <laughs> the, you you cannot stop people spending the money if you give them cash. Now well, the only thing you could do mm-hmm. would be do what say the Germans do that you give them some kind of card exactly. And then when you go into the to the off license with your your social welfare card, mm-hmm. you won't be able to buy drink or lottery tickets or whatever. Now can that I tell you that works, George? Because that's how it works here in the United States. And so here's what happens. You go to your local liquor store and standing outside is a kid with a stack of EBT cards saying, I've got $100 on this card. Uh, if you'll give me $50 in cash, you can have this $100 tax card and go buy all your groceries somewhere. And there's a huge thriving market of people selling their EBT, their uh, electronic benefits cards for 40, 50 cents on the dollar. So let's get in the, let's, let's give the Irish something else to corrupt. Absolutely.
Well, yeah, that, you could do that. I of course, you do. We do it all the time. Yeah. It's we, we just. But when I was in Massachusetts, my favorite story was, was the lady who'd come here from Haiti, and when they busted her, she had three or four fake IDs, a box full of EBT cards, and when the cops threatened to arrest her, she said, "I'm going to put a voodoo curse on you and kill you." So, uh, so that, that's that's what you get. And by the way, once again, why not bring and Angela Merkel can't win, wait to bring another million people to come on in to sign up for their cards and go down to the uh, to the uh, package store, as we call it. In Boston and uh, get their liquor. Well, if, if just before you go, if Trump isn't going to win, right. who is going to win? Some absolutely You're... anonymous person. No, 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 no. We've been, we're having a great race over here. You're not covering it as you shouldn't. To Trump is sucking all the oxygen out. But there's this great race going on. We've got a solid kind of uh, Southern conservative Bible guy, Senator Ted Cruz. We've got a really exciting, inspiring uh, Hispanic senator from Florida, Marco Rubio. Chris Christie, the governor of New Jersey, is starting to get right. some more. More heat. There's a real. Here's what's going to happen. You're gonna. We're gonna be talking the day after the Iowa caucus, and you're gonna go. Wow, I didn't see that coming. And by the way, I'll say the same thing. Neither did I. And then we'll go to New Hampshire. And we'll be saying, Wow, somebody really outperformed. And I'll say, You're right. I didn't see it happening either. And well, uh, it's going to be a real fight. Trumpy, what happens if Trumpy wins Iowa and New Hampshire? What are you going to say then? Well, um, uh, if he wins Iowa and New Hampshire, uh, he'll be in a really good spot. Uh, but it'll be a, a true surprise. Uh, we'll we'll talk then. I'll. I'll I'll put it this way. I would be willing to wager a bottle of your Dom Perignon against a bottle of Red Label Bushmills that Donald Trump will not win Iowa and New Hampshire. How about that, George? All right. Done. But finally, Done. Excellent. Do, you think, do you think we should criticize Trump in this country, given that he's, he's in your country and he's your president? Sure. Mock him. Oh, my gosh. But mockery is a good thing. Any idea that can't take a, you know, a, a, a vetting, a challenge, a joke. For example, global warming people who just got a guy in BBC thrown off the radio for daring to mock them. That's an idea that can't withstand scrutiny. That's why they have to shut everybody up because they know that satellites show that there's been no warming in 20 years. They know that the, the the claim that Syrian refugees were caused by drought, even though there's no significant difference in this drought from the previous five droughts in the Middle East. They know what they're saying is crap, but they want that $100 billion, and damn it, they're going to get it. Mock All Trump, right. mock global warming, mock everybody, because the truth can take it. All right, we're going to have to throw you off because you're a global warming cook. Exactly. Uh, talk to you next week. <laughs> Thanks, Michael George. Graham from Atlanta, Georgia. Coming up after 6 o'clock, we have some great Christmas specials for you. Uh, skills we're all losing because of uh, using the phone uh, and uh, what to do if you screw up at work. A lot of good idea between 6 and 7.